0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: New Year, there has been just so much going on, so much happening, so many deaths. But there's so many deaths every year. Do we think about how many new lives that there are, though? So this year, as we look, take a look back, take a look back at uh, maybe the not so good, and of course, the good, and. Maybe we'll do a little projections here. Not too much, because I want to save that for next week as well. But just talk a little bit about where do we go from here? And how about this one? What the heck happened? I mean, do you find yourself looking at 2016 and wondering, did you sleep through the alarm clock? Well, We'll dive into that. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America, country on earth due is due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the cultural and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. And some of the ways that we go about this is with shows like Our Own Voices Live. Of course, Our Own Voices Live is derived from Our Own Voices, the print, as well as Digital Magazine. And guess what? Look forward to be hitting the newsstand in 2017. We're trying to bring it back, everybody. Uh, Just a matter of do we get ads, and I believe that we can have a new sales force working with us to make it happen because we believe that there's news that you didn't get this year because we weren't publishing, and we want to do something about it in the new year. So thank you for all of your support with the radio show, with the magazine, the website, the weekly gatherings on Friday at the West Side Bistro and TC's Rib Crib, also the monthly gatherings after dark at Lolo's, uh, Chicken and Waffles. You know, we're trying to do it every place. we got the New Eclipse Theater open here downtown Las Vegas. Oh, by the way, a brother owns that, and we're going to try to show a little love and and some business, uh, throw a little business their way. Just try to to be involved. For all of you who supported the uh, annual Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Candlelight Vigil, a free community event. That's right. That's a part of our own voices and the Speak Up Network, the monthly statue cleanup. Those are things that we try to give, do to try to give back to the community and support the community. And, of course, we have the Speak Up Network. That's terrestrial radio as well as digital radio with my uh, homie Thomas Berry out in the Great White North in the frozen tundra. I believe it's a state called Minnesota. I don't know how the brother live up there, but, you know, more power to him. Uh, I look forward to him moving back to warmer pastures, but he tried to give you that straight pow, right to the jaw station. And, of course, oh, man, this network wouldn't have been established had it not been for Levon back east with radio established to address life, real radio, and, of course, uh, we have terrestrial radio with Brother Franklin G, like it is radio on 88.1 in your FM dial here in Las Vegas, doing the thing. We got, ah, oh man, we got Brother Louis Bruce doing it out there in the in the world. He's always there for me. Just big shout out to him. Uh, brother Jay Devon, who's had me on his radio show a couple of times. Uh, young brother trying to make some things happen here in the LV. You know, I respect all of those people who are trying to do it and oftentimes they say, well, What are you doing? And I don't know if I'll ever be doing enough, but I am trying to do something. And maybe if we all try to do something and then put those something together, instead of trying to do something, we will do something. So that's a little bit about the show, a little bit about who we are, why we are Uh, every Saturday, 12.30 p.m., On the West Coast, that's 3.30 for hour. East Coast listeners. Uh, Big shout-out to all the folks in the deep Detroit Uh, listeners down in Florida. Big shout-out to Roger Harris. Oh, man, that brother made some things happen throughout the time of the show. And, of course, my sister girl, Angela Thomas, responsible for putting the show together. So I'm trying to get all these shouts out early just so I don't forget anybody. And there might be some more during the show, so I hope you all will, will bear with me because I do want to give those flowers out now while I'm here and while they're here. You know, we just recently had so many luminaries. You know, we had some, some athletes, uh, and we had a bunch of celebrities in general that are no longer with us. So to all of the folks that have helped me along uh, this year, whether it's with the radio show or any of the other things that I mentioned, you know, a big shout-out to TC's Rib Crib. That hosts the gatherings from the West Side Bistro is closed. And oh, I have to thank them also for uh, I put my business card in their uh, contest bowl and wound up winning uh, some, some VIP tickets to a New Year's Eve party. And let me tell you, I have never been out on New Year's Eve in my life. And, you know, the way the traffic is, and those folks who are getting a little too much wazzle. I wasn't expecting to go out this week, but, man, the VIP tickets, I'm talking Franklin, two of them. So big shout out to TC's Rib Crib for um, showing a lot of love for their customers, allowing us to host. Uh, we even have game night at TC's Rib Crib, and we're going to try to bring that back. And we also do a, uh, you know, we, we have a book that we're trying to read. And I say trying because we haven't gotten there yet, but we're still working on that. And we've done it at TC's Rib Crib as well as Lolo's. So big shout-out for those business establishments. We need them. We need to support them. And, you know, we talk about starting more. Well, heck, there's no point in starting more if we don't support the one that we already have. And that's something that we can do. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't need anybody to, to tell us to do that. That's what we can do. So today's show is, you know, it's nothing special per se, but maybe it is in a different way. Because what I wanted to do with today's show is maybe get some folks uh, who have radio shows, some of the members of the Speak Up Network and others, was to get some folks to maybe call in, so you just don't have to listen to me, but call in and, and sort of reflect on this, this year that's soon to come to an end. Uh, the good, the bad. You know, the personal, if anybody wants maybe staying in your local area, uh, Politics, business, uh, international affairs Uh, How do you feel about our country? How about that? For those of you who are here in America And especially citizens What do you feel about the country? How do you feel about the country? Uh, Do you feel that it took a turn one way or the other? Or maybe it's just reaffirmed what you thought all along What did you learn about our government? politics, election. How about this one? What did you learn about yourself? 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600. I would love to hear what you all have to say. Um, What grabbed you? What might you leave behind with the year? And what is it that you may carry with you into the new year, possibly forever? Did somebody touch you this year in a way that maybe you haven't been touched? Now, I'm not talking physical. I mean, it might be that, too. They say it's never too old to teach an old dog new tricks. But, I mean, and, you know, maybe we can go there a little bit. But I'm just talking about what kind of grabbed you in your life, just took you, uh, made you rethink things. We can go as deep as you want to go uh, today at uh, 347-826-9600, 347 826 Press option one to speak because that will let me know uh, that you're online and not just listening and want to talk. And then uh, once we're done, feel free to press option one to let me know that you're off the line and i bring on the next caller. And speaking of callers, uh, I have a caller on the line now. So <laughs> let's bring the caller in. Welcome, you're on Our Own Voices Live. This is Rodney in the air chair doing our Happy New Year and year in review.
2: Uh, Who's calling, and did you have a question or comment for us? Yeah, this is Brian with the Black Book. How you doing, Rodney?
1: Ah, brother, I'm doing good, and I'm doing even better to hear your voice, man. How are you?
2: Oh, I'm doing great. You know I got your back. uh, Always, you. Yeah, You gave a lot of stuff to talk about And you know I'm going to pick the one I'm encouraged for 2017 Uh, I believe that we As black Americans Are maybe starting to wake up And realize that we've got to control Our own destiny We've got to love each other And love our businesses Uh, I'm seeing people consciously Going out of their way To support black owned businesses And and the realization that you know and the realization that you're not racist if you make a commitment to spend 20% of your dollars with black owned businesses with the realization that you're really creating survival for the black community when we start to get serious about recycling our dollars You know, over four years ago, I created the Las Vegas Black Book, and I saw Mm -hmm. phenomenal growth as we took it from just the Las Vegas to the Black Book, a national uh, book that is designed to help us stop shaking our heads when it comes to black business and supporting it and start doing it. We needed a vehicle. We provided a vehicle, and we're hoping that this year that we see more and more people that when they're going out to make a purchase decision, they say, "Let me look in the black book. Let me see if I can find my lawn care, my painter, my uh, my uh, tax preparer. Uh, let me see if I can find somebody who looks like me and support their business. Because to me, you are supporting the opportunity for employment. From it may not be directly. It may be your friend's friend. It may be your uncle, your nephew." But we have to realize jobs are not something that are created by governments, by politicians. They're created by people. And those people who look like you inherently will hopefully, if they love each other and they love themselves, give you the benefit of the doubt. There maybe be that extra opportunity. So we've got to get to realize this year that a strong black economy is a strong American economy. So this is not against anyone else. It's about a strong American economy, and we need people who don't look like us to go out of, our, out of their way to spend dollars in the black community, in the black businesses. Because you know what, I don't have to tell anybody to spend dollars elsewhere.
1: Well, brother, you know it's interesting you say that, and I was listening
2: to you speaking, and
1: what, what came to mind is I like. First of all, I like the idea that you're looking positive because, brother, there's been so much doom and gloom around. It's like I'm almost afraid to, to talk to people because it's like the sky is falling. And uh, so it's good to hear somebody with sort of more upbeat because I didn't think it was that bad. And I was like, you know, I, I kept thinking, you all do know we survived slavery and and, mm-hmm. and the Civil War. That helped beat it down, I said, you know we did survive that, so if we survive that, I'm pretty confident that if we want to, we can survive this. so brother, thank you for just you know being positive about something you know you know what I think that's like It's almost like speaking life or death into something. you know if you go around that it like like everything is it's finished, like it's done, then I guess mentally it is finished and done for you, and there's nothing that anyone can do about it. So when you came on and, and you know, you, you spoke life into that, I was like that, that's what we need right there. So first of all, if, Brian, if you don't say nothing else a day, and I know you're a man of many words, but if you don't say nothing else a day for me and ending this new year and going into the ending this old year and going into the new year, that is just something that elevated me and pushes me forward. And to your point, I do believe that there's opportunity. As a matter of fact, if you talk to people who are of me and if you look back in history at some of the people who made the most money, it was during times when things were bad. And mm-hmm. things are bad for us. So maybe that means... We should be looking up. If you feel you're at the bottom, we should be looking up. But the thing is, looking up does not get you up. Looking up lets you see. But you have to have actions to get there. So in order for us to bring some of those things to fruition that you talked about, Brian, what is it that you think needs to
2: happen? What do we need to do? Well, uh, that's, that's a, a great leading, and, and and first let me, like I say, I'm, I'm going to give the kudos to you, uh, because I've seen what you've done, Rodney. You've come out, you run for office, you do things that you think are good for the community, not worrying about what other people think. So we got to start not worrying about what everybody else thinks, and we got to basically re-educate ourselves. And, and, and that's been the biggest key for me is re educating myself. And I'm going to tell you a little bit of history before I go to the future. You know, I grew up in Gary, Indiana. I have an MBA mm-hmm. from Purdue University, I have an undergrad in electrical engineering technology from Purdue. I spent over 20 plus years in corporate America. I believed the American dream. I believed if you worked hard, you would be treated fairly. After 25 years in corporate America, I found that to be a lie. Uh, yeah. I found that uh, I was fortunate enough to come up through the Affirmative Action. I was an Affirmative Action baby, and I was hired mm-hmm. for Delco Electronics back in the time when the only people prior to us were janitors, and there were very few of those in Delco Electronics. And mm-hmm. uh, with Affirmative Action, we saw a growth in mm-hmm. black professionals and we saw a limited amount of, of upward mob- mobility. And we were kind of like showing up to everybody to say, see, if you do this, 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 and this, then you can be successful in this place called America. I moved on to a, a company called Ameritech. I was fortunate enough to run the dispatch centers for the city of Chicago. Uh, we dispatched over 1,600 technicians throughout Chicago and the suburbs. Then I took over the uh, – south side of Chicago, which was predominantly African-American. Guess what? My group of folks had the best results in the five-state region uh, oh. under my watch. We went over. I went over to northern Indiana, and I'm originally from Gary, Indiana. The technicians in the south Chicago were probably African-American, and I held them accountable, and the business loved me for held, holding them accountable. When I came into northern Indiana, they were predominantly white, The management team had one African-American manager. Uh, They had the worst results in the five-state region in less than a year. We were in the top ten performance rise. Our management team was now a very diverse management team. Uh, I heard 25 managers, with eight of them being African-American. They were more concerned about the color of the managers than the results. And it started to awaken me to the Uh fact that this statement of the best person Yes. Brian, I want
1: you to say that again because, you know, you you throw a lot of words at us. But I just want to make sure everybody Mm -hmm. heard what you said because you were talking a pretty rosy picture, and it seemed like things took a turn. So,
2: please, repeat that last part. Okay. Let let me say we went from the worst, dead last worst results in the five-state region to the top 10 in 12 months. During that period, Mm -hmm. I had to hire 25 managers. 17 were white. Right on. Eight were African-American. While we had a phenomenal turnaround in results, the wiring and file pretty much went ballistic because they had never seen that amount of African-American managers, and they were highly offended, and they did everything they could to contact the upper management and complain about the people that were basically turning around that area. And it became more important to the color of the skin, than the results, and that was when I started to realize that this rosy picture and these thoughts that I believe that you know the best person and the best results were resulted in a fair and a level playing field, and realized that is not the case. And during this transition in the last twenty plus years, I began to realize that there's you can, you you have to teach your kids to love everyone of being proud of being black we have to understand support everyone but support black businesses first we have to understand that there is a black economy just as there is an asian economy just as there is a jewish economy and if our economy is dead or dying then so are we in a capitalist society i started to realize that our the economy stupid is what is going to fuel black america not someone giving us part of their economy but we creating a stronger economy and that's where the black book came from and uh i'll tell you uh, there was a lot of resistance uh for years but now people are starting to listen and understand you know where you spend your dollars matter going out your way going across the town to go see a doctor that's african-american going across town to go to Eugene's auto body because even if you live across town, and supporting him reaps benefits to the black community. And, and so I realized I had to start loving being black and proud. I I I'm not a minority. I love being black and proud, which is giving me the ability and I guess the freedom to 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 actively support. A black economy that i know is going to be important for the success of my sons and my kids and my kids and my kids and kids kids so we have to start loving ourselves and that's been the biggest message if we love ourselves more who is the president will never matter we will start to be able to control our destinies control our outcome we must have a political agenda we must have people in the political aspects that either look or don't look like us but will support our uh, agenda because, and, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to shut up because I could talk forever too. I looked at, <laughs> everybody talks about Black Wall Street, and I asked myself, well, yeah. Wall Street had made the economic gains that I'm talking about,
0: but mm-hmm. they were
2: purposely not allowed to to participate in government, to vote. So politically, when everything went down and they destroyed them, well, the police were taking, were controlled by the government, and so that the people that were against them knew there would be no ramifications on their actions to destroy Black Wall Street. So they had achieved, and they had achieved their economic might, but they had not achieved social justice because they had not achieved political a political agenda. So uh, I go forward next year, and I, I, I look for people like yourselves to help us forge a political agenda. Along with economic might, so that we will truly see social justice and recreate Black power. So now I'm gonna shut up.
1: Well, well, I mean, I don't want you to shut up too much, cause so I may have some questions, brother. Uh, because here, here's the thing: I love what you said, and I hope those who are out there listening got it. But we, uh, you know, we we've been saying a lot of things. For a lot of years And we've actually been a lot of things For a lot of years It's not like every place has been uh, bad and, and everybody's doing bad Because we do have some good statistics uh, As well
3: But how do we
1: get This uh, This movement That you articulated How do we get us From where we are To where you just said We need to be Give
2: us some action. some ideas on that. Oh, I'm just an action person. Action speaks louder than words, and people, if they see you do what you say, then then they will start to listen. We are fortunate enough to be in the communication age, and between Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we can reach hundreds of thousands, millions of people with a stroke of the brush. And we can relay that education. So just on Facebook as we try to educate people, you know, one of the things I've challenged people to do is post when you have a good experience with a black business instead of, you know, the minute we have a bad experience, we want to run and tell the world. We have a good experience, we keep it to ourselves. So I'm challenging people this year when you have a great experience with a black business, post it on your Facebook. Let everybody know that there are good black businesses. We got to fight the miseducation this year more than anything because we are the only group that has been miseducated because through slavery. And I'm I'm, I'm going to jump back here and, and, and explain this in a second why we've been miseducated to the point where how many times have we heard our uh, one of our friends say that's why I don't do business with black folks or uh, we denigrate black businesses their shape. We have all these negative connotations that we have been taught through slavery to put on ourselves and yet we miss all the beautiful businesses that are out there doing a lot more for a lot less and competing and trying to create businesses and we stay silent on their success of what they've done. And it does go back to slavery. And I used to be a person who said, No, slavery is all what you talking about. And I started to realize uh, as a veteran, you you can probably co-sign on this, or you can tell me if I'm off base. If you're a prisoner of war, when you're released, the first thing they do is deprogram you. Before you can go back into the community, you are deprogrammed from from being in, from basically being a prisoner of war or being enslaved or in prison. We had 200 years of imprisonment, enslavement. We had consultants that. That had come up with ways and means to make us a self-check In other words, to keep us so that we hated our economy And we loved somebody else's economy So we had 200 years of that, depro- of that programming But yet when they released us, they released our body And nobody dealt with the deprogramming of our minds So unfortunately, from generation to generation to generation We have brought this programming from slavery in to hate ourselves, to hate our successes, to love other people's successes, to protect other people in front of us. And if we don't really actually understand the problem, we'll never get to the solution. So as I said, being an ex-veteran, I'm going to stop and say, do you agree with me on that, Rodney?
1: Oh, well, uh, thank goodness I've never been a prisoner of war, but from – Uh, The folks who I've talked to that have been a prisoner of war, and from, of course, the reading that they have us doing that I've done on my own, uh, it is true that when you become a prisoner of war, they break you down, and they sort of program you to be how they want you to be, and then when you finally are repatriated uh, back home, uh, a part of bringing you back into normalcy is to Get your thinking uh, right uh, Because they ha- there
2: has been programming done And so we have to By conscious discussions Deprogram ourselves And once we dep- deprogram ourselves You know, uh, we've been we've been led to believe now That assimilation is the solution for black America That the more we're like somebody else We assimilate and, and, and see, I'm a Trekkie. What did people in Star Trek fight against? Assimilation. They did not want oh, to be like everybody else. But yet, we've, oh, been, told to, yeah, but we've been told to assimilate into uh, America. In other words, to give up everything we're doing and assimilate there to be successful. So we have to understand that assimilation is not the answer either. Uh, we got to go back and, and and love living together. As a matter of fact, I'll go back and tell you. I grew up in Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana, in the '60s and in the, the '70s, probably no better place, including Atlanta, to live in than Gary, Indiana. My my mother was a, a, a school teacher. My father was a steelworker. We lived in a middle class, all black,
0: all black
2: area. Yet. Because we did not understand, Gary, Indiana was decimated because they did not understand economics. As Gary became more and more African American, the folks who owned the businesses would burn them and move out to Maryville. And we would basically send our money back out to Maryville. So you starved your cities a little bit like we've done on the historic West Side and in place else. As integration has come in and told us we can spend our money anywhere, the segregation remains, but the integration of our money into other people's pockets has been the destruction of the black community. And we've got to kind of understand what's happening to fix what's wrong. Does that make sense to you?
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: So, Brian, one of the things
1: that I've heard some folks – Say some similar things uh, in the past and really throughout conversations that we have like this, and even though we're doing a recap on the old year, uh, With Brian is talking about some things specifically that grabbed him uh, this year, but how do you, if a person, you know, one of the things that we know, and you mentioned folks who uh, have been prisoners of war, is that you typically don't deprogram yourself uh, when those things happen. It takes an factor, someone from the outside, professional, and it takes time, it takes effort for these folks to come back to normalcy. So let's say that everything you just said about the programming and how it relates to slavery and all, let's just say that's true for a moment. And your comment was, you know, that we need to sort of undo this. And you had asked me my comments on and thoughts on programming prisoners and deprogramming uh, former prisoners of war. Well, as I just said, it usually takes someone from the outside with a lot of time, a lot of effort, and skill to help whomever that is become deprogrammed. So if we're saying that a whole people have been programmed
2: then how do they become
1: deprogrammed? How do they get
2: to that point that you mentioned? Okay, and, and this is crazy, but like I said earlier, first of all, you know, there are a lot of people who have awakened. You know, uh, I'm going to say one of my mentors was Ernest Fountain, and he started to talk to me, and things started to come into place, and then I started to reprogram myself. But there are a lot of people out here who are putting out messages that are very similar. And as I said Thank God for Facebook And internet and Instagram Because you're able to reach people It's just whether or not they are ready To wake up and accept What they hear or not Because I'm going to go back Just as I use Star Trek uh, I love the Matrix And In the Matrix they stated There's some people who want to take the blue pill There's some people who want to take the red pill The ones who took I believe it was the blue pill, whichever one was, were ready to wake up and fight against big odds. And in some ways you have folks who have awakened, they've taken the pill, and they're out there fighting. And you saw they kind of knows it against odds. But they were waking up people one at a time. They were bringing them into consciousness. And as that continued to go, it started to multiply and multiply and multiply. I believe And that's why I'm positive of going into even next year, that with a lot of things that are happening, there are some people who are going to – there are going to be more and more people who wake up. I think this message is going to get stronger of self-direction, of controlling our own destinies, of it's the economy, stupid. It is not the government. It's the economy. And if you own your economy, then you are free. If someone owns your economy – and you are a slave. No matter what color you are, you are a slave. And so, in some senses, it's happening now. And, and, and art does. To me, art is a great. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's a great measure of life. It, it. You just have to decipher what it's saying. And I love the Matrix for that reason because it kind of it's one of my favorite movies. You know, many of us are plugged in and they will fight to keep the system the way it is. Those who are not who have unplugged who have been unplugged by other people helping them and then have gone out to unplug more people, you're gonna see that in the black community. You're gonna see more and more people unplugged, more and more people doing great stuff. Just like have you heard of the uh, and I'm gonna go have you heard of uh Move It? A uh, a ride share called moving
1: Uh I've heard that there was something starting uh,
2: matter of fact, I think I've made it. Yeah, it's in seven cities. It's a black-owned rideshare. Yep. So I commend people. You have rideshares that black folks have. You, you have you, have you seen? Uh, do you watch Bounce TV? Uh, no, I don't think I have access to that, brother. Let me tell you, it's and, and you can get it free on your internet. You know, you don't even need cable. Bounce TV is on channel five point two. I love it. They brought back the Cosby shows. I get to watch stuff. I wasn't really... uh, I get to watch some shows I didn't even watch a whole lot in the past that I'm finding to be very good shows. It's like, man, they're still educational and they're black. Bounce programming is like the old BET. And um, Mm -hmm. as I said, uh, the Bernie Mac show is there. It's hilarious. I get to watch, you know... uh, you know, all the what is it, other Cosby spinoff, A Different World, you know, they've got some mm-hmm. other new stuff. But uh, Bounce TV was just signed in the bill. President Obama actually signed it in, and I'm going to buy some stock. They You can only get 100 shares for $100. It's Black Urban TV, and I think it's going to be the new BET in the future. And I'm so proud of these brothers getting out and saying, you know what, we're going to basically create our own TV network. Guess what? We're going to start playing the shows that are predominantly black. At least black folks are in the league, but a lot of black shows on there, and it's growing like leaps and bounds. We have uh, black-owned paper kit companies we have, who are who are spreading out to become national. So we have people who are starting to realize that being black and proud and serve us Instead of letting somebody else serve our communities, we serve our communities that you can actually be profitable. We, you should be in – just as I'm a person who loves and I'm in the business to help black businesses, I'm in the business to make money, to, make, to be profitable mm-hmm. so that my family will also get the benefits of living in a capitalist society. So we got to get rid of another myth. Oh, so you making money off of me. Many many i are so worried about another black person making money off of them, but they have no problem with anybody else making money off of them. That's part of the deprogramming mm-hmm. we have to do. We have to be happy. Oh, you're making money off of me? You gave me a fair price, and you're making money. I'm glad you're driving that band. I'm glad you're living in that nice house. Because guess what? Maybe <laughs> you can help me up. So that's mm-hmm. it. I guess I'm jumping around a little bit, but saying I see us as black as black businessmen, black entrepreneurs, I've seen they're creating our own gym shoes. You know, we're creating uh, our own clothing lines. We're doing things now, and some of it is we're just buying directly from China. Guess what? It's nothing wrong with us buying directly from China and selling to other people like us. We should. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be at the CES show, the largest consumer electronics show, next week. I see more and more black We should Vegas. be at the ASD show. We should be making contacts with manufacturers so that we can bring the stuff in instead of them bringing it in and, and servicing our communities. To heck with Walmart. we've got to get rid of the WalMart mentality, because the thing we have to understand, in the Jewish community, it's not always the cheapest. It's whether you're related to me, through one through the, being Jewish or doing it. They'll spend a little bit more. To keep their stuff in house We've been taught from the Walmart mentality If we're not cheaper than Walmart And that's impossible Then we shouldn't be doing business with each other Does that make sense mm-hmm. to what I'm saying?
1: Well since the, And that's, uh, part, Walton's
2: that's part of the deep, are the, yeah. the Waldons
1: are the Second richest family In this country And mm-hmm. that says that there's A bunch of people who are getting those Chinese-made products, and a lot of them are black people. So, you know, I like what you said about, hey, why don't we have to go to Walmart when we can get it directly from China and cut out the middleman like everybody else? So I think that that's just good and and positive information, and I appreciate you uh, sharing some of those things and sharing the information about the Consumer (laughs) Electronics Show and sharing an upbeat message. Sometimes we just need to hear something more than the doom and gloom of it all. Sometimes we need to hear that we can do it. Uh, We need to get that little extra push, uh, some encouragement, because just as you can discourage a person with words, you you, you encourage them with words too. So, you know, brother, I appreciate you bringing that uplifting, positive, encouraging message to the folks out there. Who are listening? So in this new year, Brian, uh, I know you ha- always have a lot of things on the books. You mentioned uh, the the Black Book. Tell them again what the Black is. Black Book is. Uh, how can they gain access to it? And what are, where are you going with it from here? And what can it do for them?
2: Okay, thank you. The Black Book is both a phone app and a website. They are both identical on function, fit, and look. If you have an Android phone and you go to the Play Store and type the, and black book is one word, you will see it up there. And if you download it, you will have access to over 400 black businesses just in the Las Vegas area alone. Our goal is to have at least 50 to 100 locations nationwide by the end of the year. Uh, But it is not just a business directory. 70% of the businesses in the Black Book are at least 50% Black-owned. Uh, but we are also a community uh, a community app, so you can go in and if you got a community issue, you can post it on there so people can know what's going on in the community. It could be job-based, it could just be informational-based, it could be human services. So we, we don't want to just be a business directory we want to be a community directory. Um, you if you have an, an, an iPhone at this time we will have it on the uh, on the store there, but it's taking me a little longer. but if you type www.theblackbook.directory directory in directory, you can then do an add to home screen. And it will work just like an app on an iPhone. You can also use that same URL, and you will be able to use it on your computer, on any computer. I also invite you to friend me on the Black Book. It actually, it's Brian Harris. You'll see EMC Consulting. Uh, we try to put a lot of information out. We try to recognize. I ask you if you friend me and post when you have a great experience with a, with a Black uh, business, restaurant, or independent sales person. We got to get the message out. Uh, as, as as Garvey said, by uh, be black, and everything else will take care of itself.
1: All right, well, everyone, that's Brian Harris, and that's B R I A N, and uh, uh, giving us a little message, giving us an uplifting message. I'm glad that you were the first phone call, Brian, because. I'm telling you, this gloom and doom stuff was starting to weigh on me, and I've been lifting it off, you know, so, but it's good to get a positive message out there, and thank you for listening to the show, thank you for calling in, Uh, please feel free to go to my Facebook page, Brian, Our Own Voices Live, the show page, and leave that URL information there for the folks who may not have been able to catch it, because you know that's when the pen stops working is right when they want to take that information down so if you could do that i would greatly appreciate it
2: and again brother thank you for calling
1: in do you have any parting words for everyone
2: i'll do that and i thank you again rodney and again you keep keeping your nose to the grindstone too we need people out like that and you know i think we're gonna need some political people out there in the future too and i think you would be really good there all right thanks again
1: All right, brother, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Brian Harris, The Black Book, Uh, and you can also find him at uh, Brian Harris at EMC Consulting. Uh, Go to uh, Our Own Voices Live. He's going to leave the information there for you to uh, uh, capture it and look and see what businesses are there because you know what? Maybe you can do some of your shopping through some of those businesses that you didn't know existed. And that's key because oftentimes we do have a lot of businesses out there and they don't get the customers that they think that they should get, mainly because people don't know who they are and where they are. So go to the black book and and see, uh, find the business. Uh, We had a sister, a couple of sisters here actually, uh, AK and uh, Nas Khalifa. And they actually did an event Pearson Center. The, the well, it's actually the Dr. William U. Pearson Center, as uh, Sweet Lou, Sweet Lou Collins says, that's his house. Uh, he's the I believe the executive director there. But Sister uh, Nas and and Sister AK, they put together. It was like a a business bazaar, a black business bazaar, right in the Dr. William U. Pearson Community Center, and you could not go in, and there was just a plethora. Of black businesses Some I didn't know As a matter of fact I did some Christmas shopping I found somebody that had a gift That one of my family members had wanted I purchased that for him And I got the young lady's information Of course I lost the card And so I had to get a hold of Nas And she was um, uh, very gracious And helped me reconnect with the young lady Called her up On Christmas Eve I know Man shopping at the last minute, but called her up on Christmas Eve. She was gracious enough to meet me at Lolo's, of course, because you know I, I like to I like to get my grub on. We didn't eat, but we just met there, and you know packed up her her baby daughter, put her in the car, met me at Lolo's so I could make a couple of more purchases from her. Now, do you think that if I'm going to need to make a purchase again? that I'm going to call this person, of course I am. Just like the good customer service and the good product that she gave me, appreciated by the folks I gave it to, as a matter of fact, it was because of the response that other people had to the gift that I gave someone that gave me ideas for gifts from someone else. And that may not have happened had it not been for that uh, black business uh, event that sisters, Nas, and AK put on. So big shout-out to Sister Nod. I hope that we can do one again. It would be nice if uh, they – well, I say we. I didn't do it. Uh, those two sisters did it, so no credit to me. I am going to push it, though, because I think it was a good thing. And, you know, like Brian says, it, you know, it's, it's very easy for us to talk about the negative, but we also should talk about the positive. And I want to make sure that I end this, new, this old year talking about positive, or so maybe I'll start the new year. With some of those positive things Well we actually have more callers on the line I'm going to try to bring you all in As, as soon as I can uh, So right now this is uh, Well good, good afternoon You're on our own voices live I'm Rodney Smith in the air chair And we're talking about Well first of all Happy New Year And this is a review of uh, this year uh, Who's calling And do you have a comment or question for us Good morning It's me Hello, hello. okay, everybody. This is Franklin, well, I know him as Franklin G. Franklin Burley from up New York way, uh, has Like It Is Radio, and also he has uh, The Breakdown. So this is Franklin G, uh, Terrestrial Radio, 88.1 KCEP. Good afternoon, brother. How are you? Oh,
4: well, I was just listening to Mr. Harris' uh, business dissertation, and not to be the gloom and doom, but, you know, I specialize in critical analysis. So I guess before right. we leave this year, why not, you know, carry the, the thought that I've always had. You know, if, if you don't apply pressure, pressure won't give you, you know, being nice ain't giving us nothing. Harry Reid said so himself in his last interview with New Yorker Magazine, which is on the newsstand now, that it is is the time to really begin agitation in as much as you know the people who are in place, You know how they got there, and you know they don't have you in mind. So leave it at that. And I appreciate black business, but I challenge black business with doom and gloom, I guess. I'm going to say to them, even the event that you talked about with our dear esteemed sisters, our queens, on the way up, they had a hard time finding black businesses. Brian himself will confess he has over 1,700, 1,000 black businesses in his repertoire of individuals that – He supports and support him by the advertising he provides for them by Power eighty eight. Now what is that? I just recently also had on a gentleman Sherman, I forgot his last name, he is the Nevada. Sherman Ray. Sherman Sherman Ray. Sherman Ray. Right. The founder, business directory. Says he has twenty five hundred. And I'm sorry to get so passionate, but that's what I do, you know, being from Harlem with that Jamaican blood, it's just there's much to contain. and oh, Why contain it? Talked about Marcus Garvey. Marcus Garvey supported the community with his dollars by having ideas that the community could participate in, such as the Black Star Movement. He had a newspaper. He started the revolution without radio and TV, without the Internet, without Facebook. He spent his money in the black community by making baker by having bakeries, baking, baking goods. Some of those stories, you know, Rodney, you're from Brooklyn, West Indians and things of that nature, but Bacon, mm-hmm. But my point is right. he helped by supporting the thought process that black business has got to be out in front, the same way the Jewish community is. That it, it, It's called the Yeshiva. It's called the Babe with Brene Foundation. It's called the Anti-Defamation League. It's even in the Italian community, it's the Knights of Columbus. Even in the Polish community, every community's business takes the front. Even in black business, as this historic would highlight, uh, the leader of our hair care industry was started and founded by black women. She took out black advertisements at every black barbershop. She put up those little posters. She did the marketing to get her business sustained in the black community, to make her presence felt. Even Eric, what's the other guy's name? It's uh, not the, the, the Urban Chamber. How many, how many black businesses that we have, and you don't know about them, Rodney, and I don't know about them, why, because they don't support us first. And when you start a business mm-hmm. plan, the first thing you write down is a marketing plan, and they don't spend any money at Power 88. They don't spend any money with you, Mr. Smith, when you put out your publication. That's why we lost the sense the voice, because black business did not support the community. Sometimes you watch mm-hmm. shows, and even like if you watch Meet the Press or those political shows that will come up to us, The companies that advertise on their space don't have to. We don't know them. Marine Archer Midland, DuPont, we don't know those companies. But they control us. Kraft, other than the Cook Brothers, this is what I'm saying. But they take a lead in advertising and putting their business foreplay out there so you know what they stand for. Black business is failing the black community as bad as the black church. I'm not going to get off and be nice just going out. I will not go quietly into that good night. Frederick Douglass said we had to agitate. Why why would we be passive? Harry Reid is saying being passive. Passive got us nothing. That's how we got Hillary Clinton. And don't get me wrong, I appreciate black business. I try to support black business. I I try to do it every day. I go out of my way to do it. But at the same time, black business is not holding up their end of the business deal by making the proper necessary investments in our educational system or the marketing of their products to us. I even have all those businesses, Brian, and none of them take out a spot on K C E P. But don't get me wrong, I'm not messing with your business plan, but I'm putting it real and succinct. How is that possible, Mr. Smith, that we have all these businesses that this guy Sherman Ray says he has and K C P does well I don't advertise. You don't give us a donation, you don't make a you don't make a, a contribution. So this is their own fault for their own demise. Allowing black people to think that the white man's business is better. That's why we'll buy soldiers from them that won't we'll support the black business in our community. But at the same time, if black business wants to turn it around, they have to do the advertising in the black community to make themselves aware, in terms of the, us aware of their products and services. And if you're not, by sustaining educational efforts, which is what happens in other communities, how do you think Gorman is still in business? Gorman High School, the, you know, the, 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 the May is high school. People give them contributions to put up a little stupid sign or put up a little singing in their winter program. Black businesses don't even do that. So shame on you. Shame on all of those groups. No offense, Mr. Smith, we need to look at it. That's why we don't have political power. See, because like other communities, we don't have the power to buy the individual or lease, in some cases, or rent, if you prefer that term, individuals who make power who may have say over us. So the black business community, don't get me wrong, you're not even buying politicians to represent your own ideas and goals. Don't think the Italians don't buy them, don't think the Jews don't buy them, don't think and it's not even about race or race or color. It's about corporations. Don't think your Apple doesn't have lobbyists. Don't you think the insurance industry doesn't have lobbyists?
0: So black business again is
4: failing us. They have certain individuals and they'll point out the Oprah's and addition of that, but collectively they're failing themselves because they're not marketing their products in the proper way to get the biggest bang. Who's the biggest consumer? Black people. Don't make a difference what you're selling. Even if we can't use it, we're going to buy it. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. So, Franklin... That's just, yeah.
1: So so it's interesting that I, I got Brian on first that was very optimistic and I needed that. And then you came in with your reality and You know, it's just as valid. All right, so we have reached – so it's two opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Now, how do we move towards some type of equal where we can shrink the gap between these two different perspectives? Because he said that he thinks things are getting better and it's improving, and he's looking uh, forward to 2017 and more gains, and you've just laid out how things are not going uh, in our favor and how bad it is and what's not being done. Okay, got it. But now how do we get some type of parity between the two? How, how, do we, how do we sort of shrink this, this void of uh, the, what we're not doing and what we can do?
4: The only thing that has worked in this American capitalist system to bring out some type of equal decision when it comes to policies is being in place. The only thing that allows us to be in place is education. Because you can be rich and still be on the outside. It's about the education that will allow you to get into the inner access of the the working excuse me, the workings of the country, whether it's in labor, whether it's in education, whether it's in business, and in other words, business, uh, uh, politics, because that's what rules things. Those are the people who set policy. So by educating us, we can become doctors, so-and-so, who can work at that hospital. By educating us out, we can become a lawyer or a paralegal, then a lawyer, then possibly a judge. So education, the same thing in business. You can't just walk in and fix an automobile. Now everything's technology. So you have to become even educated in that field to be proficient enough to make the actual changes needed. So, again, education. And when it comes to black people, if you want to to better the race, they have to become more familiar with who they are. Some of the great gains that we've had, not just here on this continent, but in Africa, in the beginning of time, when you establish a sense of character and a sense of self-worth based on the pride that other races have developed, Italians are still talking about Columbus. Jews are still talking about Moses Black people ain't talking about none of that You can't name any black In terms of uh, historical figures That maybe Ali Or nowadays But why don't we know about the cultural differences That education has provided us That everyone says we were kings and queens The king learned how to read The king knew his history We should start by doing that Gaining a sense of who we are by the contributions that we've made, not just here on this continent, but as a race, and that will sustain a generation to feel better. Like you and I, we came through the concrete area. A lot of kids went to college because of Lisa Bonet and Blaine Wayne.
0: A lot oh, of yeah. kids are
4: playing basketball now because of Michael Jordan. Same thing as with mm-hmm. the rap music. The early, you know, run DMCs, whoever they are now said he If education would become the format, if we just started producing people who could talk at a more intellectual level, and I'm not talking about, you know, just have to be like Albert Einstein, I'm talking about the day-to-day concerns of your family, the work ethic that our grandparents had and the struggles that they had. That's what sustains the Jews. They'll tell you, for 4,000 years, we were this, we were that. Same thing, even in small pockets of resistance, even in Jamaica, you always wonder why Jamaicans are rough? Because they know their history They know their cult of the armpit of slavery That's why they sent all the rambunctious slaves There was a different kind of slavery there But as soon as they got a chance to get up They got up And that sustains them. It sustains the Chinese people They know about it Africans are just lost So education, uh, I would challenge those black businesses so, so what are they doing for Black History Month? What are they doing with their business dollars Or some of the profit that they've made on this community? Are they investing in schools? Are they having programs what are they
1: doing for Black History Month? Any of those businesses? Well, I mean, we, we talk about right, Black History to Europe, Month, but I like to think that Black History is every month. But, Franklin, what I want to do is, uh, if, if you can stay with us, I want to bring Brother Thomas Berry in from the frozen tundra up there in uh, Minnesota. And uh, he's part of the Speak Up Network. He has a radio show up there uh Great. called Rant Radio And uh, uh, he's uh, he's a different generation than you and I And I kind of want to get his take on things His view So if you can hold on to the line I want to bring uh, Brother Barry into the show
4: Of course, by all means tell him, you know, Happy Kwanzaa
5: hey, uh, Good afternoon, I'm, Brother Barry How are you? I'm doing well, man I'm happy to be on Thanks for the invite How are you brothers doing this uh, beautiful Saturday?
1: close the year out. All right. I I I am doing well.
5: Uh Brother
1: Barry, before I before you go further, let me give a quick station ID. Uh we're right. this is our own voices live and we come on every Saturday at twelve thirty PM on the West Coast That's three thirty PM on the East Coast. Today our topic is well, first of all, Happy New Year from Our Own Voices mm-hmm. Live and it's an end of year review. And we're just want to sort of take some time to talk about what this year was to us uh, Maybe take something That grabbed us Something that stood out And then also Where do we go from here And of course how do we get there uh, We had uh, Brian Yo, Harris from, uh, from, the, from the Black Book Who uh, shared a positive uh, Message Says he sees things getting better And that they're moving And he's, you know we're finally starting to wake up and then, of course, mm. right after him, we had uh, Brother Franklin G., Franklin Burley from uh, Like It Is Radio, who saw things maybe not quite as bright as mm. uh, Brother Harris. As a matter of fact, this was the classic glass half full, half empty. Uh, so mm. believe, believe that. And, of course, now we have uh, Brother Thomas Berry on the line joining us from the frozen tundra in the great white north. I, you know, when I found out that there was as many black people up there uh, that there are, I was actually kind of surprised. And But, but anyway, you know, do, do your thing. Uh, Brother all Barry, right. and, and the show is not just focused on black, but it's, it's okay if that's what we saw and that's what we got out of it because, after all, every time I look in the mirror and I wake up, I'm still black. But, you know, I, right. I do want to – what did we get out of this? And I know, Brother Barry, you heard a little bit of – Franklin, I, I don't think you were on when uh, Brother Harris was on the line. But first of no, all I didn't get a before uh, I, I want to get your take on what did you get out of this last this this year and what what grabbed you? And then after you share that with us, if you could maybe uh, if you have a response or, or a question for Brother Franklin on his comments. All
5: right. So so let me just say this. As far as this year, um what I got out of it is that um, a lot of what we saw in Hollywood in past years is coming fruition in real life. I don't believe any of us thought that Donald Trump would be president. None of us, I thought that, uh, no, none of us would ever think that Russia would have been able to infiltrate our political uh, system and hack us uh, it, that way without there being a, a major war. But a lot of these things that we're seeing, we're seeing these things, they were already playwrights, if you will. They're already screened uh, screen, or scripted on the on the big screen, if you will, for us to see. So I'm happy that 2016 has kind of opened our eyes to a lot of things, of the possibilities. A lot of the things that we uh, felt were concrete and solid, we've been exposed to uh, the truth that these things are not as solid as we think they are. So moving into 2017, I think it's going to be a lot of people having to um, to borrow what Brother Franklin was saying, uh, get educated on, on a lot of things. I think uh, for the last eight years, I think that we lived in a big haze with uh, President Obama. I think we fell so, so much in love with the Obamas that we were not necessarily looking at what was happening to us as a collective of people, I'm talking about African-Americans. As far as, uh, you know, the rest of the country, I think that um, I see other minority groups, they made a lot of gains. I see whites um, still living off of white uh, supremacy and white privilege, and that they're losing their grip on that because everyone else is making gains and everyone else is actually uh, becoming prideful about who they are and what they are. Uh, meanwhile, if we go back to our children, instead of investing inside of education as far as reading and literature, We're investing into AAU basketball, so we're going to have to bear the brunt of that. Um, As far as where I see 2017 going, I see since there is no President Obama, there will be um, uh, there will be no um, facade as far as we have this cushion because of Black President. I see us getting back on our stride. Um, the first thing that we have to do brother I mean, We talked about this is kill this Black man versus black woman garbage And rhetoric and I, I just want to be The first to say it. it's either by Two types of people start this rhetoric It's either sisters who can't find A man don't want a man because they Want another sister or they don't want a brother And it's by oh, brothers by Who dots fire, dots fire. It, it, It's by brothers Who either don't want a woman Don't want a black woman or they already With a man so with that being said, oh, we have to make sure that we, we have to make sure that we uh, get this conversation corrected and we have to start getting back to saying, Well, what is your credentials to be speaking for us when it comes to love and relationships of black folks? Because if you haven't been in a love and relationship, you need to take a seat. We'll talk to the people that's been in the love of relationships. We have to get like every other group. If you haven't made a million dollars, how can you talk to me about being a millionaire? There should be nobody running any love groups. Uh, love lines, uh, nobody writing uh, self-help to find love, or what have you, if they are not experts in love themselves. We're the only group of people who allow people who are not experts in topics to sell us on things that's going on. And all they do is they hit to those critical points where we're kind of sore at. So they hit those spots where we're sore, and then we relate to the, bitter and the, pain, the bitterness and the pain, but it doesn't really help us cure our ailments. So I see that changing in 2017. Uh, Brother Franklin was right about education. I just think that, you know, the biggest thing that I will say is we have to be careful on what kind of education that we're saying we want for our people, however. Because if you go by degrees, we're more educated now than we ever were. And, Brother Rodney, uh, like you stated, I'm from a different generation, but I believe this uh, generation is what we consider more paper-credentialed than your previous generation – But I think your previous generation, Rodney, was a little bit more smarter on the nuances of being intelligent. They didn't just have a – they didn't have college degrees per se, but I think their vocabulary was uh, (laughs) – your your, your vocabulary uh, was more vast. I think you guys had reasoning. I think you knew how to use your hands more. I think you guys were more well-rounded individuals and human beings than what my generation is now and the the generations that will follow afterwards. So when we get this education that Brother's talking about, we got to get back to the well-roundedness of what education is, not just being trained uh, for jobs or being trained to get certificates, but actually know the nuances of the things that we're studying, especially when we're talking about ourselves. When we're talking about our own history, we have to know why things are the way they are, why things were the way they were, and we have to start creating new definitions and defining things uh, for ourselves. So that's what I'm looking for in 2017. Okay. Good luck
4: with the
5: relationship part. Oh, Franklin, repeat that,
1: brother.
4: I said, good luck with the relationship part.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I said, shots fired. Uh, You know, it it is. I've gone. I belong to a bunch of relationship groups, and I go to relationship meetings. uh, Since since you mentioned that, Franklin, and one of the things that I'll often bring up is, you know, maybe we could have some older people who've been married for like 20 years share with the group how they were able to stay married for 20 years. And sometimes people are somewhat responsive to it. But one of the other things I hear, they're, they're, things aren't like that anymore. Uh, they, there's nothing that they have to offer me. And when I hear those comments, I go back to what was said earlier about, you know, if I want to be a millionaire, I should go talk to a millionaire. And it seems like some of these folks are doing just the opposite. No, don't show me someone who has experience in making a relationship work. I just want to get it from the people like me who haven't been able to have a relationship that works. So I think that we have some ground to make up in moving in that direction. Uh, You know, both of you brothers... Well, you know, one of the major
4: differences in relationships now is before, and I mean, I'm not that old, and I'll tell you, I just got married in 55. You know that, Mr. Smith. I was looking for myself, so to speak, for a long time, and I've been blessed in this life. because I've seen a lot of things, you know, but the reality is uh, our parents or grandparents in some cases, or even great-great-parents in this case, because of the way the situations in life were, in terms of the oppression of racism, sexism, nepotism, and even as he talks on the hands-on stuff, Now everything is self-served. You know, Mm. before you had to sit with your grandfather to figure out how to fix TV. Now you just call cable. Uh, You just, you Mm. know, shoot. you had to do things. If it was you were going to put something together, you needed some tools. Now they give you the tools and it's only three pieces. But we don't Mm. do that. His his generation is in a hands-on. So that's why we failed in relationships now, because now... She don't need you. She got her mm. own little credit thing going on. She got her mm. own little friends or girlfriends, like he said, were telling her, you don't need no man. We can go to the love store and get you a big vibrator because no man can compete with that. <clears throat> no reality. We didn't have those issues. So when you had it, when society kind of compelled us to have two people making it as best as you could, it, it forced mm. you into a more loving-type relationship. Now, you know that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was young. I, hey I was blessed. I got a college education. I was reasonable. I had my own stuff in the black community when you make become successful, oh man, you're standing on your head and your shoulders if you're a black man in my generation now that there are less black men on the street, oh man, it's just if those who are making it are so small it just makes it rough on those who have to have relationships so well, more you know, I, I,
1: let's, uh, let let's let's hit on that for a minute because Franklin. Uh, and you, you sort of expanded on what Brother Barry was saying um, when you were talking about relationships. And the reason why I said it because I believe that the first thing is the relationship between the man and the woman. If mm-hmm. you do not have that, then everything else starts to fall apart afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, right. They don't you know, see that anymore. That don't happen. Well, I, so I understand that they don't see it anymore and what we, you know what we are not doing that we used to do. Well, here's the thing. If the folks are blind, then we should not expect them to see, unless we teach them another way to see. And then it's up to Thank those you. who see to teach the blind, right? To lead them, right? Does, it, it, can we agree on that? Or well, teach them uh, how to read braille. It, uh, well, either way, we teach them, right? We, we give them right. access. We help them reach their, their their max potential. But that means that is the we who know. And I know we often talk about what others are not doing, how bad they are doing when we say that they're doing anything. And, and, you know, it's okay to articulate that. You point those things out. But how do we go from pointing those things out to helping, as Franklin says, the blind read Braille until
5: they're able to open their eyes again, if ever?
1: How do we do that? How
5: do we get there? So, so let me let me say a couple of things. I I feel like what what's happened in our with our people is we've allowed everyone to have a, a voice. And sometimes when everyone has a voice and they're speaking at the same time, you get confusion. So everyone's kind of talking and talking over each other and what have you, talking about us as a people. So we got the work people who hurt who have been hurt, and yo, their pain is is probably you know. Pretty much warranted I can understand that hey You're hurt you want to express yourself Well allowed is it's been Because uh, this sister Or this brother has been hurt by one Person They are able to blanket the entire Group of people in this particular fashion When it comes to black people And we're not pushing back You know Roddy I've talked about this before uh, The couples are not Speaking out and saying hey You know when I when I talk to people and they say look Man, I want. When well, sisters say I want to be in a relationship, I just don't want no man that's gonna cheat on me. My first thing to him is, well, before he gets to the point of cheating on you, are you thinking, What do you want out of the relationship? Because if that's the first thing you say walking into the relationship, if I'm a man, I'm thinking to myself, man, look, no matter what I do, she's gonna think I'm doing the wrong thing. So I don't want to be with her. She doesn't have high. She doesn't. She doesn't have high hopes. You go in a relationship with a person, you want a person saying at least. I would rather hear sisters say, well, if I'm if I'm gonna be in a relationship, I, I want to have children, or I want to be married, or I want to build, you know, I, I want to build capital together. I want to do these great things. You don't go into anything with a, with a negative output or a, idea. But when it comes to us loving each other, we always talk about the negativity more, and part of that is because that's what's being sold to us. So we have to change that culturally, and it only can be changed if black couples start saying, you know what, thanks for no thanks. I know Ebony might have this person who's talking, but this sister ain't never been in a relationship. I know that mm-hmm. Essence might have this person writing in the vice column, but this person has never been in a relationship. Yes, yeah, Steve Harvey wrote a book, whatever, but Steve Harvey don't speak for all brothers. Steve Harvey been married, for his relationship. Fine. And, and, and he's been married three times, exactly So he's not an expert, he hasn't gotten it right He's still working on getting it right Nothing right. wrong with him being married three times, I'm not mad at him about that But he's not an right. expert You know, he's not an expert It doesn't make you, you, you get what I'm saying, Brother Rodney he, he, he's right. not, It's not like With the three times, is this the third time That he's finally figured it out Because if right. he had it figured <laughs> out During book, when he had it figured out During book two, with how to think like a man Why is he on wife three at this point because maybe wife, wife number two wasn't reading that book. Maybe she didn't believe what he was writing. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so to me, I I feel like, and that's not to knock brother Steve, because I know we do a lot of that. I think that we just have to be. I think that we have to be as brash as those who are speaking uh, ills of black relationships. We have to be as brash, being positive. We because here's the one thing we have to be honest about our people. There's a reason why we like Dr. King. It's the reason why we like Malcolm. It's the reason why we like Marcus Garvey. They were great orators. And Dr. King, even though he preached nonviolence with his words, he had such a a, a bold style to his voice and his his, his, uh, oration skills that, you know, it it could take over someone who wasn't as strong as him. Malcolm, very strong, very, uh, you know, defiant, if you will. So our people like that. So we can't be, we, we can't paint this voice like well we're just gonna say good things about even those people who are saying wrong things and hope that they'll change. No we, I think moving forward what we have to say is look, we got all the fact that it's a civil war going on inside of our people, those of us that want to do right and those of us who don't want to do right. Well we want what we just need to be able to say is those who we need to put the beacon out for those who want to do right and say parties over here. And with that beacon, we need to say, but y'all over there, that's with that foolishness. We, we want y'all to stay where you're at. Just stay over there. It's okay. It's okay. Look, look this, this ain't a party for everybody. Sam's Club don't allow everybody to shop in the stores. Neither does Costco. We need to make sure as the people and folks will say, well, ain't that dwindling our numbers? Well, man, if we keep going the way we're going now, the numbers will already be dwindled. When you right. already have, uh, you know, because Brother was talking about education and being with a sister. Well, man, think about the requirements that sisters have for relationships. And then the first thing they say, there's not a lot of eligible black men for them. And go back to the 60s and 70s, Brother Rodney, and even the 80s when sisters wasn't even going to school at that level. Could you imagine if if their fathers were saying that about their mothers, saying that, oh, it just wasn't, it's it's not enough eligible black women for me. Um, They don't have the same education that I have. They don't have the same um, – they don't make the same amount of money that I make. Do you think that would be a reasonable statement to make?
4: For Clarence Thomas. <laughs> but right. You know, the one good thing about the relationships that may happen in the future under Donald Trump is the only rainbow for – not only, but it's a, it's an impossible, it's like the dream, the impossible dream rainbow. Donald Trump is about to make it so hard, so hard, not just mm. economically, but just the stress. You're going to mm. need somebody to cuddle up next to, and you're going to need the mm. economic relief, that the two-party system of being what we like to be called the things, you know. You have dual income, no kids. If we can stop and get our finances together through work, which that's what brought our grandparents. Your grandfather worked on the railroad. He made money. Your grandmother sold the laundry. She made money. Collectively, you had income. If we can change mm-hmm. the income perspective under this new stress we're about to figure that may be beneficial for relationships. I didn't say black people, but relationships. But in any event, I gotta get line 'cause I'm about to go to. As I said, I'm going to a wedding, so I just pulled up to the church here, not mine, somebody else. But I appreciate you for this, Ronnie man. I look forward to what we're gonna do in 2017, and I'll see you at the uh, King Memorial. And yo, brother man, when you we get tired of that snow, come visit us, man. We need a new progressive thought out here, man. We'll try to get you on the radio out here with you business. <laughs> Uh, Happy Happy New
1: Year Hey, thank you, brother, for taking the time Passing my regards on to your lovely bride I'm glad to see that you uh, Empowered yourself by taking that step uh, Because now we're all better because of it And thank you for um, sharing with us On the show today Well, no problem And tell the brother, hey,
4: I knew Trump was going to win Didn't I, Rodney? I told us here in this community (laughs) I hear they call me Frank Thomas That's my sixth correct election So yeah, I know a lot of white
1: folks. I know Trump was going to win. Y'all have a great day. Happy New Year. Stay up, Rodney. Talk to you soon. Peace, brother. Yes, sir, brother. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Franklin Verley. I know him as Franklin G. Helen from up New York way in oh. Town, Harlem, uh, bringing it to us. And uh, the brother has his own show, Like It Is Radio, on Fridays at 10 o'clock on West Coast time. Eighty-eight point one terrestrial radio, uh, KCEP KCEP Power eighty-eight. Uh, I appreciate him uh, sharing with us, uh, brother Barry. We actually have another caller on the line. Okay. And he also has a he also has a radio show. He's uh, probably oh, a little closer to your generation than mine, uh, but he's sort of almost right in the middle. And uh, I've had the pleasure of uh, an honor, really. Of uh, being on his show a couple of times Actually it was uh, Through a, a comedian Associate of mine Louis Bruce who introduced me to this brother I was really impressed with him uh, He's been on some uh, I think he was on a, a, a panel or two And I, I really Like his demeanor And you know he uh, has a lot To say so uh, ladies and gentlemen Without any further ado Let's bring on Jay Devon Welcome to the show brother. Hey,
3: thanks for having me, man. I appreciate
1: it. Oh, man, it's really my, my honor to have you as you honored me on your show. Uh, I appreciate the things you had you had to say on your show and for giving me an opportunity to speak. And I wanted to, you know, share you with, with my uh, listening audience to help expand your reach because, you know, we all gain when we share like that. So I know you've had an opportunity to listen to uh, Brother Franklin uh, brother Thomas And you know I keep rubbing this in Brother Thomas up there in the uh, great white north In the frozen tundra
0: <laughs>
5: I'm sorry brother Don't hold it against me But uh, Oh man listen you you I, in uh, Vegas man Just enjoying the heat brother That's all that is uh, Yes
1: sir uh, Wearing a t-shirt today
5: But uh, uh Jay
1: First of all tell me Because the title of our show is Happy New Year from Our Own Voices Live And a Year in the View What's some of the things or something that really grabbed you in in this year, Uh, something that maybe you learned or something that was reaffirmed, uh, something that kind of caught you off guard, um, something that, you know, impacted you in such a way that you'll be taking with you next year. If you could share that with us and then uh, give us some feedback on what you heard uh, Brother Barry and Brother Franklin chatting about.
0: Um.
3: You know what, Rodney? I, I'm. I. I. I want to say that I'm never really too shocked at the things that go on around around us. Um, I, I think I've kind of grown out of that. You know, out of that mindset where things. And 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 I'm sure like you, you know, and uh, and probably all the brothers that have spoken today. Uh, you know, you you point where things don't shock you anymore. You know, I don't really think there's been one particular thing that I've kind of looked at this year and went, wow, you know, even with with Donald Trump winning the election, that wasn't a shocker to me, you know, I I felt like there was an outside chance that he had a chance, you know, that he might win. Um, I, I think the biggest thing that's kind of stood out for me is uh, even with, and, and I guess maybe this is the one thing that I've been kind of, uh, that's kind of been shined upon me over the course of the year. But it's been uh, kind of disheartening to me that for as much as we've been pushing the black empowerment, the Black Lives Matter, uh, and all of the other you know things that supposedly are supposed to be bringing us together as a uh, as an ethnic organization, we still can't seem to get right on so many levels. and I think that's something that that definitely this year has been more uh you know prominent in my eyes, because we're at a point where we have to you know what i'm saying its it's almost a necessity. it's always been a necessity let's not let 's not act like two thousand and sixteen is the first time that we've needed to come together. but with everything that's happened over the last you know eight years with President Obama in office and now with him leaving, I think this is a time when we need to be that much more in uh in our, you know, in the pla- in, in a place that we should be working towards, working more towards coming together as opposed to going against each other. That's on every level. And I think the brother who was just talking not long ago uh, kind of said, you know, we were talking about the love thing. You've been on my show before, and you know, uh, I cover a lot of different topics, but one of the topics that I do kitchen. like to uh, discuss. Is love and relationships and things of that sort. And I'm not an expert at, by any means. I'm a person who is, you know, going through it just like everybody else is. And I think there's a certain amount of uh,
2: healing and stuff that we can do
3: with each other as we talk about these different topics. But uh, something that he said kind of stood out to me because, again, we need to start cultivating these relationships. We need to start cultivating. Our personal relationships. We need to start cultivating our our friendships better. We need to start, you know, um, building our business relationships together as black people. And it's always amazing to me that I watch these celebrities and other people pass. And it's okay, you know, and I think I I said this yesterday on a Facebook Live post. We grew up with these people Muhammad Ali um, and, 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 uh, you know, all in in Prince. And George Michael and everything like, and I'm fans as much as anybody else is, but when we give so much more energy to them than the people who are alive and sitting right next to us every day, that's a problem. Oh wow! You know, I I can't. That to me, to me, that is so much more of a problem than anything else that's going on. I watch people Mm. throw up, you know, thousands of posts on my on my friends list alone. Mm. I, you know, I saw. 20 30 people put a post about you know george michael and carrie fisher and you know whoever else and and that's fine i get it you know for whatever it's worth they played a significant role in your life i'm not a fan of george michael's music but i know there are a lot of people who like george michael you know uh mm-hmm. but you put so much energy into that and can't even tell the brother that you see every day at the coffee shop you know, you can't even speak to the brother every morning that you see getting coffee at the same time as you're on your way to work. That's a problem. Mm. You know, the sister that passes you in the elevator every day, you don't, you you can't say good morning to you, her, or she won't say good morning to you because of whatever reason. You know, you know, you, she thinks that if, if she says hi to you, it's going to lead to you trying to, you know, kick it to her or something, or get at her or whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I can't tell you even in the comedy game. I'm a stand up comedian as much as I am radio host, writer, author you know, author or whatever, social activist and everything else, but as a comedian, I can't tell you how many venues I've walked into with other comedians where we don't speak to each other. You know, we don't work with each other. We don't want to build with each other. Everybody wants to do their own separate everything everybody wants to do their own thing. You know, they, they you know it's like, oh well, you know, and it's enough for us to go around. There's two million people in Vegas. All of our fans should be joint fans. I shouldn't be struggling to get ten or fifteen people to a show if you're on the show with me. We should be bringing our fans together. But you don't want to cross mm. your fans with me because you're scared that I'm gonna that 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 your fans might like me. Mm. You're worried that your fans might laugh at me and think, oh, well that guy's funny too. I want to go see him. Now you're thinking it's taken away from you. No, it's not taken away from you. Because then if we do a show together, guess what? Now. We've got a guaranteed 30, 40, 50 people that's going to come out because they like both of us. And, and we don't understand that. It's, it's a concept that's lost on us, and that's probably the one thing that I'm starting to see more now because I'm back on stage, because I've been back on stage in the last three years. But I definitely see it here a lot. And when I say here, I mean in the Vegas, you know, in the Vegas community. Um, and it's troublesome. You know, and I, and I think I've talked about it on my show. I'm sure I've talked about it on my show before, but it's 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 a troublesome issue. And if I had to say that anything, you know, those are those are some of the things that have kind of stood out for me this year as I've managed to make a little bit of progression in my career, you know, with comedy and with getting the radio show, and uh, you know, and, and completing my first book and all this other stuff of like that. It's it's now going to be What is 2017 going to bring for me? Not so much me personally, because I know where I'm going. What's 2017 going to bring to the people around me? How are they going to look at me now? You know, are they going to appreciate what I'm doing and want a piece of it and want to fly with me as I make this journey? Because I don't have a problem with bringing you with me if that's where you want to go. Or are you going to just sit back and go, oh, F him because, you know, he's doing his thing and i'm mad cuz i'm not you know what i mean mm. and they don't understand that if you that if you really want to go somewhere with me i'm all for taking us all there at the same time we can all get we can all sit at the table and eat the table is big enough for all of us to sit at, sit at it and eat but mm. it's not a lot of, but there's not enough of us that understand that sorry i ramble man i didn't mean to get into you know uh you know too long
1: uh, nah, brother, it's okay. That's what we want you to do is speak your mind. I do need to give a brief uh, station ID before Brother Barry chimes in. Uh, You're listening to Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live comes to you every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. That's 3.30 p.m. for our East Coast listeners. Our topic today is basically Happy New Year from Our Own Voices Live, and it's our year-end review. And I have uh, Brother Brian Harris, who came on, uh, was our first caller, with the uh, Black Book. It's a uh, black business app. And he says he, things are looking up, and, and he's looking up, and he sees us um, making some strides in this new year. Uh, we have Brother Franklin G. from uh, Power 88, uh, like it is radio, Fridays at uh, 10 o'clock, West Coast. Uh, he had a different perspective. Uh, I, as a matter of fact, I sort of coined it as this is the classic case of the glass half full and half empty. And, of course, we have Brother Thomas Berry uh, from a different part of the country uh, to share his views uh, with us. And now we have, uh, you just heard Brother Jay Devine uh, share some things with us. And, yeah, uh, Jay, when, when is your radio show on, and
3: how can folks uh, find you? Um, LVROCKS.com. LV uh and it's uh, every Saturday night at 6 p.m., 6 to 7.30. the an hour and a half from 6 to 7.30 every Saturday night on LVROCKS.com. It's called Everyday Talk with Jay Devon. Uh, you can follow me on social media, J-A-Y-E-D-E-V-A-N, J-A-Y-E-D-E-V-A-N, and uh, all the information is there, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and I have all the links and stuff uh, that take you to Everyday Talk with Jay Devon on LV Rocks radio.
1: All right Well, you know, you, you covered a lot of ground And oftentimes we come back to relationships And uh, Brother Thomas, uh, before you jump in there I, One of the things that grabbed me this year Probably more than any other year Or at least enough to make me uh, start to speak out on it Is I, I keep hearing I, I just kept hearing the phrase It takes a village, it takes a village And it's not that I disagree with that phrase But I do think that the phrase Has been somewhat bastardized And that the original Intent of the phrase May have been lost Over the generations And what I want to do Is I want to give you my take on It takes a village And my take on it takes a village Is that a village is only as strong As the hut As a matter of fact it takes the hut To make the village And then each hut is only as strong as those Who occupy it And usually that would be A man and a woman In what we would call uh, a, a relationship A marriage uh, Maybe different cultures Different countries it, it could have even been a plural uh, relationship uh, Today the standard In America Is a, usually a man And a woman And when that man and that woman Have a strong relationship Their family, their children Their progeny Would become strong And they would learn from them You know, one would pass on to the other And then each successive generation Got better And there was the influence Of the grandparents And the grandparents played a vital role In that village slash hut concept Because The grandparents, as they got older, they were usually the ones actually raising the children. And the others were out working, whether it's hunting, gathering, whatever, you know, building. But the grandparents had made mistakes with their children, and they had successes. But they learned from the mistakes. So when they were now given the task of raising the grandchildren, they were actually in a better position to raise the grandchildren than their own children, and their children learned from watching the grandparents interacting with the grandchildren so that one day they would become good grandparents, and so that was a family. It was multiple generations that lived together and that with the older generation uh, who made mistakes. The mistakes that they made weren't held against them, as a matter of fact, because they used those mistakes to become better. And then they could impart more wisdom to that younger generation, to the grandchildren. So you had a strong hut. Now you had a strong hut, and as you had multiple strong huts, you had a strong village. So do do you guys follow that? Does it make sense at all? Yeah, it does. Uh, It makes sense. Okay, now, obviously... And I'm going to say this about President Obama. I believe the greatest thing President Obama did on par with him ascending to the presidency, and that was a lofty key. But right up there with it was he gave us the holy grail of relationship, marriage, and family. Is he invited yeah. his mother-in-law to live in the White House, And to help them Raise their children When I heard that That I mean yeah I was Elated when he won because it showed That a black person could win I got all of that but I
0: said That
1: image wise Is maybe the single most Important thing he could do For the country because it Does something for black people and we're Part of the country Now we need to adopt that And and then after this, I'll let it go, and I want you gentlemen to chime in. So when we said it took a village, it meant that everyone in the village had a responsibility at their level, whether it's children, uh, the, the parents, or the grandchildren. They all had a place. They all had a responsibility. There were standards and expectations. And, you know, believe it or not, there was punishment or some, of some form. When those standards and expectations weren't met, just to add there was usually some benefit when they were met. And if, for whatever reason, sickness or injury, in other words, the people in that hut weren't able to maintain their hut fully, then the village members rendered assistance until. That hut member got up to speed, and then that hut member then got back to work doing what they're supposed to do, their task. That's how it worked. That was the it takes a village from Rodney's perspective and his experience growing up in that environment. Now today, and I'm saying this not to stay back, but it's just a look back because I want us to move forward. Obviously, that's not our reality today. And I hear so many people when they say it takes a village, and Brother Barry, I know you don't like when I use this phrase, but it is, this is my truth. Today when I hear it takes a village, what I hear, how I perceive it is excuses for what I'm not doing and what I'm not going to do. And I know that there's times when we're all in situations where we need help, but that was a help it was temporary usually because unless you were totally incapacitated and permanently so, once you got your help and you got better, you went back to doing what you could do. And so the thing that I carried with me this year is when people say it takes a village, not to be passive, not to be argumentative or mean-spirited either, but to remind them that a village is made up of many huts, With each person in those huts Having a responsibility To their hut first To their hut first Then to their village To their hut first And then to their village And that help Unless you're totally incapacitated From being able to accomplish That in which you need help is supposed to be temporary And that through struggle Thomas Brother Berry mentioned it with Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass talked about that. He said, through agitation, through, through the struggle, is how you, you build, how you grow, how you get what you. Do. He talked about putting a demand on the system. He also said that, and somebody helped me out with the phrase, that you do not always get what you pay for, but you will only get what you pay for, and you could exchange work into that. So that's the thing fellows that i took from this new year is that some of these older sayings that we have have been bastardized and in some cases watered down and have become crutches and excuses for us and it is preventing us from struggling and in the, the process of struggling we become tempered we become stronger we become better and that is not working in our favor okay brothers we uh, we're running a little over today, but both of you jump in and, and please share with me. H- help me out. Well, I'll
5: I'll it it be oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what I, I'll hmm. say this: I would say that a lot of old sayings have been taken out of context. I think what has happened is we've allowed, and there's no judgment society, using Caucasian reasoning not looking at the fact that what they're teaching you and programming you, they have the backing of white privilege. So they have the privilege, like in Minnesota, I'll give you a prime example. For a long time, Brother Rodney, if a white woman wanted to date a black man against her parents' wishes and have a baby, she could drive to, she could drive to Nebraska and drop that child off in Nebraska on the doorsteps of a church, right? They had a no abandonment law. So you could. the system was set up for these women to explore this black love, if you will have these children, drop the children off, and then go back home and then go get her white guy. No backing. A black woman has never had any access to do anything like that. She be looked at as a welfare queen or a deadbeat mother. You hear what I'm saying? But when you have our people who feel like we've made a certain way, the village aspect doesn't work because the way they're looking at it is, why do I need to be a part of this small village? Only time they want to be a part of the village is when they feel like the system is smacking their hands. Only time racism or white supremacy exists is when they're being told no. And I'm talking about black men and black women. So I think that we have to really look at some of these quotes and these statements and really, like you defined it, we need to be saying, no, 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 no. When you say it takes a village, define that for me because that doesn't give you the right as a parent to not educate your child. It does not give you the right as a parent to not worry about the well-being of your child. It it does not give you the right as a man to have multiple children by these women and not take care of your children, foster relationships with your children as well as those, those women, because that's a part of the health of your child. How do you have all these children, but you don't have a working relationship with the mothers? That's crippling the community. That's crippling the village. Sisters, why do you have a a baby-by-brother that you know got four other baby mothers, and he's not talking or taking care of the other four women, the other four children? That's irresponsible. Too much weight on the village. Don't put too much water up against the dam. You're going to shed or break the dam. And we have to make sure that we get back to holding everybody accountable for their actions. Another thing that I want to say is, because we talked about love, I am doing a documentary called L-O-V-E which is going to be talking about and exploring the, the, the word love, because that seems to be the number one excuse for everything. We just had Serena Williams who uh, got engaged to the Reddit guy. And I saw a great post where the brother was like, well, look, it came to be about the money because her net worth is worth more than that guy. Six and my times thing
3: more. is, yeah, six times
5: six, more. Six, six, six times more but you know she had to talk to that man to, in order to figure out what she had in common because he's not necessarily a famous guy the brothers that she was dating were exactly. famous men so she got a chance to sleep with her celebrity crush okay that was her dream that's not sleeping with your celebrity crush is not the same as being in a relationship with a, in a
3: relationship
5: you know no it doubt. used to be that celebrities would date other celebrities look at this foolishness that yep. we're seeing and then you turn around and you and – and I, and I hate saying this because it seems like every time you say this, you always get that where you're blaming the women. But it's like, y'all, you're like moths to a flame. Any of this foolishness you just attract yourself to, then you, you, your personality shapes to this. And then your children's personality shapes to this. You can't teach in, – in schools, man, it used to be that where you'd be like, oh, it used to be in schools where they said girls learn faster than boys. Man, go into some of these schools now. Little boys are a lot more sharper than the little girls that, that that's learning next to them. Why? Because they want to be divas. Yeah. They want to be divas. You you you'd rather be a diva, a, a brainless diva, based off of the stuff that they're seeing. They're thinking, oh, she's on TV yeah. and she's stupid, so she's successful. At least with sports, you have to tell a kid, well, hey son, if you want to go to the NC two A, you at least got to read. Okay, well they got to go, that they at least they know they got to read and add a little bit. What do you got to be to be a diva? Cute athlete, That's it. do you, have to, do you, do you yeah. have to cook? Do you have to be able to build relationships with other people outside of the other brainless people? So we have to really get back, Brother Rodney, to saying, as a people, we define who we are, what we are, what we want to be. And we don't give a damn about how society looks at us. It's about how we look at each other collectively. So when I see you, Brother Rodney, and I give you the head nod, the universal brother head nod, and you give it back, mm-hmm. we know, all right, well, look, mm-hmm. we all feel in when you come to me and say, hey, brother, I see how you talking to a woman in public, brother, tone that down. As a brother, you, the unit, we're supposed to be able to correct each other. You, you feel what I'm saying? We have to get back to these ways of how we used to be. And we really have to get out. I, 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 we really need to get out of this trying to assimilate because the assimilation yeah. is destroying us, is ripping us apart at the room. I don't, I don't care. I, I said this before, brother Rodney. All these sisters with these damn degrees and good jobs can't find a damn man. So what, what 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 makes you successful? Show me what makes you successful. You don't even have no damn kid. So when, once you die, all you got is that little damn dog you got from Paris Hilton watching her, right? You got the little <laughs> damn pug. You gonna leave all your money to the pug too? Is that what you gonna do? Because outside of that, you, you said, you don't, oh, you gonna go get you a white guy. Okay, we'll go ahead and get a white guy. Now when he's beating on you, because they're not showing you that in public. They don't talk about the domestic abuse rates with black women and white men. That's not even up for conversation. That's never talked about when you hear sisters talking about swirling. The white guys get them and then they treat them like slaves. Ask Helen Berry. <laughs> ask, ask some of these oh, other wow. sisters who got with these white guys yeah. and found <clears> out <throat> now that I'm with them, now he doesn't even respect me because of my race. But then I told my people. Yeah that black men was not qualified because he didn't have the the, the education or the money that this white guy had. So we got to get back to reshaping what we think is us. And we got to, in 2017, moving forward, what we have to say is our celebrities are just like any jesters in any court. They're jesters, they're clowns. They're good for the entertainment, but outside of that, they don't get to choose how we live our life. They don't get to dictate what we say is good. We dictate that to them, and then they go back and reflect it. I know brothers are comedians, and I know there's a lot of um, powerful comedians like Paul Mooney and others, Dick Gregory, who shape social content. I'd rather see more of those brothers and less of the Wayne brothers because, I, as I stated oh, wow. before, they'll use brothers like the Wayans to stop black progress. Those brothers are the catapult yep. first.
3: Can I can, I can I jump oh, yeah, in just, real quick? Uh, to, uh, yeah. Uh, jump in. There. I I I'm going to start with the whole thing that the, the whole thing that Rodney talked about. Um, and and you touched on it, uh Mr. Barry, but here's another issue for me is that when it comes to the village, what ha- what broke down the village was that we allowed other people into the village. And okay. by that I mean what Rodney said was very true. There was, a, there, was a, there, was, there was a lot of truth in what Rodney said. What happened was that instead of us helping each other out in the village when somebody else couldn't pull themselves up, when, when, when somebody else you know kind of dropped the ball, we were supposed to go in and pull them up by their coattails and say, hey, we got you until you can get back on your feet. We got you until you can get a job or whatever. Well, what happened was that somebody else came along and said, hey, guess what? What if I give you so much money per month, and you don't have to even worry about working. Now all of a sudden, they take us out of the equation, and now it's it's the government coming in. It's the, the 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 white man, if you want to call it that, and saying, "Hey, guess what? Look, now you don't even have to work, so you don't even have to worry about paying back those your your village people who are out there grinding for you and bringing you bread and meat and 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 and, and uh, whatever it is to keep your household going." Don't worry about them. Don't worry about having to owe them anything. Now we're going to give you free money, and you don't even have to worry about working. So now all of a sudden the mindset changes, and it's like, oh, snap. I can I can get free money to not do anything. And so now once people realize that that was a possibility, now it's like, okay, well, why do I need the village? Hmm. Why do I need? Why do I why do I need the village? I don't need the village anymore. Now I can just go to, you know, Mister 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 X, and get a check every month, and and I'm good to go. So that's the that's also I think another uh, rationale as to why the village has kind of fallen asunder. You know, it, it's kind of it's kind of fallen by the wayside. Um, and 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 then to what you we're also talking about. In regards to uh, relationships and stuff And I talk about relationships a lot on my show um, I personally Don't have a problem With anyone who's in a healthy Happy relationship Uh, Ethnicity, notwithstanding Whatever you want to do Homosexuality uh, Whatever, lesbianism, whatever it is That you want to do, if you're in a healthy happy relationship I don't have a problem with that But to your point What I think that it does is that more often than not, we don't get the unless it's somebody like President Barack Obama and Michelle Obama, or Will Smith and Jada Pinkett. You know, we only get to see the the quote unquote good blacks have have strong relationships. You know, what I'm saying the the rich blacks, the the prominent blacks. We don't get to see everyday people like us have strong relationships. There's there's a there's a there's a logic out there that cats like me and you and Rodney can't have strong relationships, or at least our relationships aren't being broadcast on social media. They aren't being thrown in our face by uh, the by by the the white media. They aren't being uh, they aren't being heralded as much as President Barack Obama and Michelle, you know. But then. As soon as one of us gets with a white person, a white woman, Kanye and Kim Kardashian, uh, Serena and her new man, shout out to them and and congratulations or whatever, And, and God knows how many other relationships this has happened to over the course of my lifetime, but as soon as those relationships happen, now all of a sudden it's, oh my gosh, you know, oh, she's so happy now because she got with, you know, white man X, or he's so happy now because he got with white girl X. So I think that's the problem. I, I think it's. I think there is a certain level of control power that the media has over us to only be able to present us with what they want us to see. And and that as much that is a fight in itself. In as much as anything else that goes on amongst us is how do we how do we tell our people that we can't always be. Uh, we can't always depend on the media to give us the truth about what's going on in our community. And I think more so, more often than not, we are prone to just look at what we see on TV. What we you mentioned it about the whole diva thing and and the, and the girls on social media. That's how we live our lives. That's how our children are starting to live their lives now. Is that they're going to Instagram. They're going to. Uh, Snapchat, they're going to all these Little websites or or apps Or whatever and that's how they think That's what they think life is Because we don't have anybody to tell them Different and the few people That we have to tell them that's different They can't reach enough people To get them to understand That that's not what life is about Life isn't being a diva Life isn't I'm going to take 50 pictures With my ass to the camera and get A million likes and Make myself Instagram famous, because what what weight does that have after you turn thirty, you know, or thirty five or whatever age it is that you wash up, that that people get tired of looking at just your ass on on a on a on an Instagram post or whatever. So, pardon me, Rodney, for for using the word you know uh, for, um, but you know if that if any of that makes any sense, I think that's also a big issue for us. Well, br-
1: brothers, we um, we actually have a little. Uh, we had an extended show today, so unfortunately, I, you know, we, we had to bring it to an end. I love the interaction between the brothers. I'll just put. I mean, I, I I like sisters mixing it up, and I like sisters being a part of us brothers. But sometimes I love it when it's just the brothers on. And today, I guess it was meant for the brothers to speak on some things. So thank you, uh, you thank both of you for sharing. Uh, to the brothers that called, I thank you for sharing. Uh, I did have one more thing for each of you before we leave. And that is, you know, we talked a lot about Trump and what he's going to do and, and, and that type of stuff. Let's take a moment and let's say that things, no one is going to rescue us. There's the the good liberals. Are not going to have the wherewithal, for whatever reason, to rescue us, and it's up to us to do the best for us that we can. Where do we go to do what's necessary for us? So in other words, so, you know we talked about the white people a lot. And what they're doing and what they're not doing We talked about the media What they're doing and what they're not doing Got it But let's say they don't change This is who they are This is who they are And this is who they're going to be
0: They're they now on uh,
1: Exactly
5: What do we do? Go ahead, brother I got a suggestion uh, I, got, I got a see su- okay, I'll let him go first Go ahead, brother
3: Um and, and I've always said this and and the word <clears throat> there's so many words and it's funny because you used the word village earlier Rodney and and then you talked about how um you know it's a and and, and I think uh, Mr. Barry said it as well we have so many sayings and so many words that have become either cliché or rhetorical you know they're just words that we throw out so often that we're just used to throwing them out there's no Mm-hmm. Most of the time, we don't even realize whether or not they carry any weight anymore. Um, and I think one of those words is knowledge. We've used that word for like what you know, a hundred years now. You know, I can remember the word knowledge being prominent when Malcolm X was 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 talking us up and trying to get us to understand what was going on in the world around us at that time. Um, you know Martin Luther King Jr. has used that word. Uh, Minister Farrakhan has used that word. So, so it, it and I think that the word is valid. But what does that consist of? What does knowledge consist of? Is it is it knowledge of self? Is it is it understanding how powerful we are as a people, as black men and women? Um, understanding, uh, getting our children to understand how powerful they are. And how powerful they can become as they grow into black women and children uh, black, uh, black, black men and women, I'm sorry um, Is it financial knowledge? Is it understanding, you know, our power as a, as a financial entity? You know, and what we can do to, you know, to, to set ourselves up in better positions To put ourselves in better positions um, financially is it, is, it, is it spiritual power? You know, is it just understanding the strength that we have as individuals, where we've come from, where we've been, where we're going? So there's so many different there's so many different aspects of that word knowledge. And I think when we throw it out there, we just say, oh well, we just need knowledge. We need knowledge. We need to. We need to. You know. But what does that knowledge in uh, what does that knowledge consist of? What does it entail? And until we and, and until we are able to definitively express what knowledge means for us as a people, then we will continue to just spin our wheels because you have this one person saying knowledge is financial. Then you have this one person saying knowledge is personal, you know, read, read, read. Okay, I can read all the books in the world, but what is that mm. what is that gonna do for me other than right. make me well read? Right. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So so we have to we have to define what knowledge is. When we can define what knowledge is, then we can start to incorporate the proper knowledge. But right now, we're just throwing the word out there, and it doesn't really have any weight. Now it's just a word that is used to make us seem like we are, you know, uh, knowledgeable. <laughs> let's 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 call it what it is. I mean, as, as ironic as it sounds, it makes us. That's all it does. Is it makes us seem like we know what we're talking about, but we really don't, because we don't, because mm. we're not making it clear what knowledge we need going forward to put ourselves in a better position. Mm. Okay, brother. You know Mary? what? What I would say is, you know, moving forward, the, the first things
5: that we need to do, uh, uh, we do need to solidify the relationship between black men, women, and children. That's very important. We have to define exactly what it is To redefine, because I think we. have We've lost the definition of our responsibility To one another And when you don't feel like you have a responsibility To your group uh, You do things that are harmful to your group Jews feel like they have a responsibility To the Jewish group If you look at the Monk community here in St. Paul They feel like they have a responsibility African Americans are the only group of people Who feel like they have no responsibility To their people Financial, financial, uh, marital Or even raising their own children or helping raise the children in the village, as you, as you uh, uh, gracefully uh, explain what it should look like. So I think moving forward, what we need to do is we need to get, uh, we, we really need at least, and I'm, I'm saying this because we're on the airwaves, hopefully people will share this, we need 100,000 black families who are willing to uh, invest $250 a month over 10 years uh, to building institutions, this is what it's about now. we need institutions to not only help us become better uh people as individuals but also better um uh, a better group of people in together uh we're lacking in all the major uh categories across the board as a people and it it's hard to find love when you don't have jobs uh when you can't sustain a roof over your head and when you're not dictating exactly. Um, the type of culture that's being pumped into you because culture dictate laws. We, we talked about that a while ago, Brother Rodney. So we need to have that investment with our own people. We don't need celebrities. It doesn't need to be a fad, doesn't even need to be talked about. But this money needs to, we have to make these serious investments back into around the country, all of us, whether it's in Vegas, whether it's in Minneapolis or whether it's in Chicago, but we have to invest in institutions that will be able to solidify our communities and help us uh, be vibrant. We need to do, uh, in this capitalistic society, we need to do what our oppressors have done to us. We need to capitalize off their weaknesses as well as strengthen our own and make money off their weaknesses. So we know there are certain things that we provide that they like. We need to sell it to them while we never indulge in it ourselves, and we also need to not indulge in those things that make us weak as well as stop giving money to those things. So if we can get our sisters to put money back into black hair salons, we should also be able to get them to get money back into black nail shops as well. Uh, I know here in Minnesota we have an influx of continental Africans who are doing braids. African American uh, women are doing getting their hair done as well as their children's hair done. They're spending uh, some are spending up to two hundred and fifty dollars Rodney per hairdo. That money mm-hmm. should be going to uh, African-American sisters. That money can go back into our community. We need that dollar circ- circulating in our community at least 10 times before it goes out. So we need to build institutions like that. That's where we go forward. The only way to be white supremacy is by be- by building institutions. If we don't want to build institutions, we don't want to fight white supremacy, and we just need to admit come 2018 that we love white supremacy and we're just going to live by that sword. We're going to live by it and die by it at the same time. If not, we're going to get really strict about building uh, these things. And 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 one more thing. I just want to say this. KRS-One wrote a song in 1990, 1989 called Love's Going to Get You. Yep. In, in 2017, we cannot use love as an excuse on why we are doing things that are harming our people. We cannot use that because love has got us. We used that. That's our get-out-of-jail-free card in any argument, Brother Rodney. Well, I was in love, but you can't tell a person how to love. You can't tell a person who to love or what to love. Man, if you love yourself and you love your people, you're going to do what's right for yourself and your people collectively if you truly love your people. So I think it's time to, to, to start um, holding each other accountable, Brother Rodney, moving forward. And by holding each other accountable as well as helping pull each other up and build these institutions, I think Donald Trump will actually uh, give us that battery jump that we need to actually right this ship and and, and produce some healthy uh, human beings to help the world. All
1: right. Well, I want to thank both of you brothers and all the callers that we had today. And I appreciate all of you listeners out there. And thank you for sending me the messages on in Messenger. And on Facebook, uh, I know you all weren't able to get in, but I, I do appreciate you listening and the positive comments that you made. Uh, we have Brother Thomas Berry. Brother Thomas, if you could tell them when they can listen to your show.
5: Oh, we, we'll be back on this Thursday, actually. We took a little hiatus. We've been working on these documentaries, the LOVE project. Uh, what we're working on now uh, is pretty, man, I, we're going to talk about it on the show. Uh, we talking about this word love but there's no universal definition for the word love, but you could have two people in a relationship with two definitions for love. That's probably why a lot of us clash when it comes to that that term so much. What does it look like? What does it mean? And I'm even going to press this button. If you listen to the show, here's something that you can definitely think about until Thursday. You can think about this. I know sisters always talk about brothers are always cheating. My question is, are we monogamous because that's in our nature, or is monogamy something that's socialized? And even though we're socialized, is it against our nature? And if it is against our nature, is that why so many men are stepping out in their relationships? So we're going to explore that in the documentary. We're going to explore different kinds of ways of love. And why do we care so much about loving the opposite sex more so than just loving the common man and woman that you're not having any sexual relationships with? Why can't you just love your brother or love your sister like you would love your mate? Go out for them and, and be for them. So, this documentary is very good, man, brother, right now. I have some great topics, uh, discussions with people about it. We got a couple focus groups that are uh, coming out. We got stopping people on the street talking about it. Uh, this is going to be real great. And also, we're still doing Myth and Murder. Uh, that'll be out. Um, we thought that would be first, but L O V E will be done first. So, uh, Rat Radio will be about that this week at 5 p.m. Central. Um, I want to thank Brother Rodney for giving me the platform and the space to be able to do it, and I'll talk about it. And I also want to thank the other brother who came on. I, I appreciate um, his insight on these things. You know, um, I feel like as men, what we have to do more. We have to sit down and discuss these things that, um, whether we agree or disagree, we have to be able to sit down and talk about these things that are affecting our people, so that we can move forward.
0: Mm.
2: Well,
5: uh, I, and, I, and I thank you all. Uh, I wanted to say,
1: uh, my input for 2017 is in conjunction with how we need to improve the relationships with with our spouses or our mate it, It's something that has to be done, and whatever it takes for us to do it, then we need to do it that's That's one thing. And then the next thing is this is something that we can work work on collectively. Uh, From a national aspect Or locally from your city or your county And that is And Brother Barry, You've heard me say this And I think Jay you've heard me say it too Is we have got To galvanize And work together To integrate and incorporate African and African American History and culture Throughout all aspects of curriculum Pre-K Through 12th grade all publicly funded schools of higher learning, no matter what they are. That is something that we can accomplish nationally, but we can also build on it one brick at a time in our own community, in our own school district. Dr. Carter G. Woodson spoke about it roughly in 1925, and he wrote about it in The Miseducation of the Negro, that everything we learn, everything that we have, According to our education system Came from white people
2: And it's just simply not true
1: It is inaccurate It is also debilitating to us And it is giving a false sense Of superiority to others If we do not change that In my humble estimation Then everything else Including even relationships Will be dressing Mm. And even Mm. relationships Is something that can be taught In school
0: It is a feeling
1: no doubt But it is something that we have unlearned So if it Mm. is something that we have unlearned It can be something that we can learn And if the people in math Are not able to teach themselves As Brian Harris talked about When he talked about programming and deprogramming And he's absolutely right Then it is up to those of us who can to ensure that these Things happen so that our Progeny, those who Come after us are better Equipped to deal with Creating relationships Even seeing the value in them And it is also Important that we're not It's just a reality that a good Percentage of us are not going to read We're not going to mm-hmm. gain knowledge of Self because we do not read And it is mm-hmm. impl- okay. it is implausible that we that we read but for those who won't do it outside of that classroom environment, I believe we have to bring it to the classroom environment. It's a controlled environment where the majority of all children in this country go to. Mm. Statistics tell us and and surveys have continually told us that all children in America start out roughly equal with African American children Actually, being slightly ahead, slightly ahead, but by the time they reach yeah. third grade, it is a totally different picture. So, something has happened, and one of the things, not to say that it is the thing, and that it is, it is that they've gone through the education system where it teaches us to be inferior and others to be superior, and it also Ooh. just gives inaccurate information. This is something, Ooh. brother. Yeah. That we can do, and I believe that we should lead in. If we can teach all the things that you mentioned—economics and finance. We can teach school, uh, the value of of uh, reading and relationships, but we also have to teach accurate information to empower us. So that is no doubt that is what I believe <clears throat> should be a thing that some of us pick the torch up the baton, whatever you like to call it, carry it and lead the way to light the path. Now, Sister Naz uh, had a comment on her Facebook page today that I want us to think about. And I realize that this may be controversial because it may make it seem like we are as we are because of us. But I think that there are extra and external factors, of course, But a good percentage of them can be worked around or overcome So I'm going to leave you brothers And all the rest of the listeners out there And big shout out to Ashante I see you out there But here it is And this is quoting from Sister Nod. I am where I am in my life Based on choices that I've made I can choose to stay here Or I can choose to move In quotation marks The choice, all cap, is mine and has always been. The power to do so comes from within. And she says, Now crack it. Now it cracks, goddess. So I wanted to leave my listening audience and my good brothers here with that because if things. If the others do not change, but we want our lives to change, then the only thing left, the only thing left is for us to change. In the military, we had a day, and it goes back to history, and it's a very simple one. Adapt or die. Adapt or die. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Our Own Voices Live, Our Own Voices Live, Sunday, every Saturday. Normally at 12.30 p.m. until 2 p.m. We did run a little over today, so thank you all for listening. Thank you all for the late folks who came in. I guess we were supposed to run over. A big shout-out to my first caller, Brian Harris, who kicked us off, uh, to Brother Franklin G. from 88.1, and, of course, to Brother Thomas Berry with Rant Radio, and Brother J. Devine, stand-up comedian. Hey, Jay, um, is there any place that you're going to be performing at uh, anytime soon?
3: Um, I don't have anything booked right now locally. Uh, I'm I'm actually waiting until the new year to, I took a couple weeks off to kind of, you know, just refresh and get ready for the new year, but um, I'll be on the grind next new year. Like I said before, uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, J-A-Y-E-D-E-V-A-N J-A-Y-E D E V A N and all the information there. Show show dates and um, you know times and all that stuff for that. So just follow me on social media and you can check me out on there and on the uh, and on the radio show, Everyday Talk with Jay Devine. And thanks for having me, man. Everyday Talk it. with Jay Devine, oh, brother. Thank you
1: so much. And we're going to do some more things, uh, hopefully together as a time going. And I'll talk with everyone individually. Thank you all for being on our show. Thank you all for listening. And I know we ran over. Thank you all for your patience. But it is the last show of the year, and there was a lot of things that happened this year. And if you think that this year was a roller coaster ride, well, you better put that double strap on because it's about to uh, really get busy in here. Uh, this is Rodney Smith on behalf of my co-host, Mrs. Angela Thomas. I wish everyone a happy, healthy, prosperous, and positive growth-filled new year. But it is not here yet. Enjoy every second of this old year. No one knows what the future may hold. Blessings to each one of you and to your family. For those of you who are in a position of authority in your household, I pray that you're granted the wisdom, the knowledge, the energy, the endurance to carry out whatever that calling is, that is centered around the needs of you and your hut. Thank you all. Talk to you soon. Bye bye.